The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Joining us, Sue Martin of Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. And I guess it's kind of, Sue, should we call it the elephant in the room? Because even last night, I went to a uh, musical performance and everybody was talking about the stock market. Well, I can certainly understand. It's been a wild and woolly week. Um, you know, we came down hard into Tuesday and our low on Tuesday met a 200-day moving average, which and then it just spiked right back out of there and closed nice and strong for the day. Well, that 200-day moving average, the last time that the S&P and the Dow looked at that was back on election night of 2000, you know, November 9th, 2016. So I thought that was interesting. And then we rallied and we got in between our high here on this rally uh, two days ago was uh, between a 40 and a 50 day moving average. So getting into some resistance, but a good response off that 200 day average. Today we came all the way back down to that 200 day average, took out Tuesday's low by ever so little and just came screaming right back out of there so while the dow was down over 500 points it's now well it's been like 58 60 lower now it's back down 102 and just while you and i've talked so it's moving our expectation or anticipation is that the dow doesn't hold here for very long we believe that what's happening in this market Yes, we're getting good economic news, and everybody's thinking, well, why then are we breaking? Always remember markets top on good news, and they bottom on the worst news, but it's the smart money that can look beyond and see what's changing. Well, when you look at uh, China's economy and the Chinese renminbi, well, that currency is starting to break out to the top side, and so are Chinese stocks all at the same time. Chinese stocks were coiling in a... um, a small coil and had been doing so since January of 2016 and they're breaking out to the top side I kind of wonder you know this is just my opinion but I would not be shocked if we're seeing Chinese money leave our stock market to head back and be reinvested back into their own country some interesting things to think about now as folks watch the stock market obviously they're probably thinking about their their retirement funds and their investments but from an ag perspective How does this affect the way we see the commodities trade? Well, normally when you've got people shifting out of a stock market, and keep in mind this one went up so fast, and a 50% retracement isn't really super far away. You know, we could very easily do a 50% retracement. We've already done a 38%. And that's from the low of, of November 9th, 2016, when President Trump got elected, to the high that we've had here this month. So... A 38% that came very quickly. Now you can gyrate all over the place, wobble a lot, and then maybe proceed on lower. Um, I think it, it will. I think the market is seeing a shift of money, and it's moving away from assets and going to commodities because commodities are the cheapest they have been since the, gosh, I want to say since the 30s, and in dollar value and what have you. So I look at the market, and I believe that, your uh, money managers are taking notice of this. And we look at uh, uh, the markets, and of course there's been some, you know, um, smart money is buying into commodities, especially into ag markets. 
uh, corn dirt cheap. You know, you look at corn and you look at um, the amount of cattle that's out on wheat pastures, and there's just not many at all. And then any other pastures, heifers that have been retained for breeding purposes, well, if they can't get feed, and feed is getting is starting to jump through the roof for costs, and it's getting so that corn's cheaper than feed. And so, you know, like hay or what have you. The demand for hay is very strong right now. And people are looking around for hay. Uh, I had one client tell me yesterday that in, and he's just right in the northern side of uh, uh, Kansas. He told me that um, two weeks, in the past two weeks, he's had between 30 and 40 requests or inquiries about hay. He said normal would be three to four. And so it just shows you the interest. And I know talking to cattle feeders out of southern Minnesota and what have you, same thing. They're they're also re- commenting on how strong or a high-priced hay is getting. And so the alternatives, they'll shift the alternatives, but corn's going to be a major one. Again, that's going to just sort of whittle down our stocks. Well, there's got to be some nervousness, too, because we've had such cold temperatures. We really won't know where we are on this wheat until it leaves dormancy. That is true. Um, the the wheat has uh, really endured a very dry, cold winter this year, and vacillating temps too. But um, the one thing we know, when you compare it to a year ago, you know we went through a period of dryness there too, and being a little bit on the cool side. But you also went into um, dormancy with some moisture, and then the crop came out of it, and of course did quite well. This year's a different ball game. The wheat, I hear it over and over and over, how bad the wheat looks. And to be a testament to that is the number of feeder cattle that moved off of the wheat pastures and into the feedlots because the wheat couldn't sustain the cattle. So that tells you just how poor things are this year. And your crop condition ratings, good to excellent, that have been coming out monthly, they imply, too, some of the worst conditions we've seen in quite some time. And they're keeping the watch on the drought monitor as it just continues to spread in the south. Well, and I think what we've got going here is as the crop comes out of dormancy, it isn't going to be able to wait too long for some gratification. It's going to need some moisture pretty fast to kind of try to bring it back around to help it out. And if that don't happen, um, this wheat market, I, you know, I'm very friendly wheat. I'm very friendly corn. Beans are okay. But I certainly, I'm enamored with corn and wheat, and especially corn. Uh, But the wheat market leads, and it led last year with Minneapolis. Going back and looking at other rallies in the wheat market, they were always led pretty much first with Minneapolis wheat. Then the KC and the Chicago came on. And I look for that's the case happening. Now this week... around, folks. We've got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up on the Rural Radio Network. Have you ever wondered if some of the things you've heard about retirement and tax planning are myth or reality? Tune in Sunday mornings to Make Retirement Work to find out what's true. That's Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. here on 880 KRVN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin's joining us from Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. A Thursday USDA report comes out. Looking at those WASD numbers, did anything come as a surprise to you, Sue? Well, I think the big surprise for me was there were two. One was the uh, wheat carryout increasing 20 million bushels. I didn't think it would increase like that. The other one was um, the 
soybean carryout increasing as large as it did. Now, I expected an increase, but I certainly didn't anticipate that they'd exceed jump at 60 million bushel. And, of course, because of reductions in um, uh, exports. And we are running behind in exports, no doubt about it. And you're also going into the harvest in South America. So that's a little bit of a concern, and I think that has, um, um, you know, I guess it's we have it, and that's what we deal with. We also have to realize there have been four other times that we've had a carryout over 400 million bushels, and that's since 1964. But two out of those four times, your carryout was over 500 million bushels. I think one of them was around 567 or something like that. So, you know, we know we've got the heavy carry. Beans will have, that'll act like a little black cloud, but you had an inside range year last year following a low year, and on top of it, you set 84-year cycle derivatives uh, in this bean market. I think we still have chances for something a little better than what we've gotten thus far. Uh, you know, 1027 on a lead contract of uh, beans does tend to, to bring you back up towards a 50% retracement. Livestock side, cattle futures, we saw some outside market pressure for them today. Well, we certainly did. The cattle market just got nailed for a little bit on feeders. But then when the stock market turned and started rallying, all of a sudden those feeders just turned right around and lifted right back up. I'm, what we've been telling our subscribers is expect a market to wobble that it, it wobbles. In other words, you're going to be seeing it just back and forth. It's a trader's market. You sell it, you, it gives you some money, you better take it because it'll turn around and bounce back at you. And we just think it'll keep doing this, where in the meantime, the February contract, which relates to cash, is, you know, basically gaining on the April like it should. So, you know, we've got, we haven't had much cash trade yet, and we're waiting to see how that goes. We think a dollar higher at 127 uh, packers have been trying to hold out, but we think they'll end up caving in and giving in. Um, but, you know, we look at the cattle market, and I realize there's quite a few bears out there, but we're not bearish. We're more of the bullish side. Um, you know, our weekly data on our indicators is getting quite low, but for the moment, our daily has gotten overdone, and it's constantly being uh, tried by the uh, or competed against by the interdays. And that's what's creating this wobble. But um, once we get past that, I think we've got the potential for a feeder market to do quite well. And I think it could possibly be that we see a chance here if we can now come up and take these highs out that we've had here recently over the 152 area. We could start to set the stage to take a look at the 165 area and move to 169. Do I expect anything better than that? No, that's probably about the best I would expect for now. But here's the thing. And, I, and it's long-term data. But our long-term data shows that at the end of March, everything's, first off, all of last year, one of our indicators, the first one that has to turn, had been positive all of last year. So we knew something better was going to be, and we just could not join the bear camp. And thank goodness we didn't. But now this year, that was still in uh, a friendly mode, and it has lots of room to go. The... Next one, which we call floater, is sitting there like it just needs a confirmation. It wants to turn so bad it can taste it. And it's there. And then, of course, along with it will come our timer. And when those three are all in sync together, that spells something's going to be good in this cattle market. It really makes us wonder, you know, global economies are doing better. 
uh, meat demand around the world is better. And again, and I'm, I can't remember if I've talked about it on here, but immigration is a huge thing that has been totally ignored. And that has been, you know, a big discussion um, when it comes to immigration side, Sue, because I just read a report this morning that was talking about numbers and trying to find qualified workers is extremely frustrating right now. It is. It's very hard. The U.S. immigration has increased by about 1% over the last decade. So it's sitting at about an estimated 14% at this time. And, of course, who knows with the illegals that come in, how that, you know, comes into play. But the U.S. has been pretty consistent. It's Europe. Europe would have these moves up of, of seeing more immigration, people taking asylum, and then fall back. It had gotten to some fairly low levels. In 2015, immigration or people taking asylum reached 1.3 million people. And so the European Commission thought, we need to stop this or slow it down because it is taxing our economy. So they set that that level. Way for folks to reach out and talk to you. Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a great day. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.